0: All right, hey, hey everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Sing Second Sports. I am John Schofield. Joining me is the co-host with the most most, Ward Carroll, and also our special guest, uh, always returning and always on point, uh, having just dropped his uh, basketball preview story in the Annapolis Capitol today, as we tape on Tuesday, uh, Bill Wagner. So, guys, um, another eventful week, another eventful weekend, um, another eventful just experience with COVID. Um, As we speak, uh, Baltimore Ravens players are testing positive left and right. Several college games that have been canceled, the Baylor Bears had to uh, pull out of the Empire Classic. I I think we're seeing kind of that same old, same old of no matter what the, the teams are, NFL, college, college football, you've got just this constant issue. And this week, you know, and it's not necessarily in the lane of Navy sports, but this week the narrative I thought took a very interesting turn and that COVID became a little bit weaponized in the sports world as Dabo Swinney uh, from Clemson actually accused the Florida State team and and particularly their coach, uh, Coach Norvell, of using COVID as an excuse uh, to get out of playing uh, a very tough Clemson team, um, you know, I, I'll go over to you first on this ward. Um, you know, what is your as we are about to go into our basketball preview and talk to the leadership of the men's and women's teams at Navy? What is your level of confidence uh, that we can pull this off uh, in the winter sports season, given the virus resurgence? And and what's your take on? on this new narrative of using COVID as
1: an excuse? Well, we've seen COVID weaponized uh, since the beginning, you know, uh, from which conferences decided to move forward and which were maybe in, in hindsight, overly cautious about COVID. Uh, that got into the, you know, political in the big way, right? I mean, the president was involved in supposedly. Um, so I, I think temperatures are running high. This is consequential in terms of TV dollars and revenue and athletic associations and some of those conversations we've had on the margins. So I'm not surprised at all, and I think weaponized is the right word, that COVID has been weaponized uh, to justify or to explain away uh, results or an outcome or, as we've said, uncountable times, the season has an asterisk on it. Um, To answer the other question about my feelings about the potential for winter sports, if the predicate is the current COVID spike, then my prediction is that it's very unlikely that we will have certainly a full season, if a season at all, because these variables are all smashing together here around the winter months. And now you add, indoor sports, and it becomes even harder to pull off. So, you know, we have some basketball coaches on this episode. You know, and our audience knows that we're very much hoping that we do have some semblance of a men's and women's basketball season. So we're, we're behind them all the way. But uh, I have my doubts.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you for that, and and Wags, I'll kick it over to you, uh, number one, for your perspective on what I just asked, Ward, but then ask you to share a little bit of your preview article um, as this is the Basketball Preview Pod, although we will talk about uh, Memphis coming into Annapolis on Saturday evening to play the, uh, the midshipman at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. You know, here we are, as of this morning, Northeastern, which is a pretty big sports program in, in Boston canceled all of their, all of their winter sports, all of their winter activities, I believe classes as well. So that is, is certainly, I don't necessarily know if it's a harbinger, but it's, it's, it's certainly, uh, a, a CBDR situation, so to speak, as I, subreference uh, sub-reference many, many more times. Wags, how, how do you, how do you feel this is going to go? And then, and then talk to us a little bit about your basketball preview.
2: Well, first of all, to go back to your original point about the Clemson-Florida State game, Dabo Sweeney's out of line and speaking out of school when he accuses Florida State of trying to duck Clemson. These decisions are made by doctors and medical professionals. The coaches have nothing to do with it. The um, Atlantic Coast Conference Medical Advisory Board, just like the American Athletic Conference Medical Advisory Board, makes these decisions, and the situation was that A Clemson player got exposed, and they deemed that it was not safe to play because they didn't know what that meant. Uh, He was exposed and was at on site in Florida, down at Florida State. So, enough of that. Um, With regard to basketball season, I think it's going to be very much what we've seen during football season stop, start. You're going to have teams that have outbreaks, and they're going to have to pause activities. And the one difference between basketball and football is that basketball tends to play twice a week. Now, the way that the Patriot league has set it up, those two games would both be during the weekend. They're trying very hard to keep teams from traveling during the week uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but the, the problem with basketball is if you have an outbreak, it's not going to be just one game canceled. It's going to be multiple, but you have to presume it's going to be similar to football they're gonna to try to plow through a season. They're gonna have issues. Programs are gonna have outbreaks. They're gonna cancel games. They're gonna to try to reschedule those games. Ultimately, some games may not get played, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's where I see it. and I, I think our intrepid producer, Chris Cervello, had a thought on this issue. Well, let me pass it along to Chris.
3: John, you and I have talked about many times in our other life, uh, you know, in our communication advisor life, that you are who you are in a crisis. And so I'm not the least bit surprised, sadly, um, that you would see this sort of back and forth between the likes of Clemson and Florida State. Using that same maxim, I'm also very proud and equally unsurprised with how the Naval Academy has handled the ups and downs of football and what will likely be, as WAGs talked about, the ups and downs of basketball. So um, there's no turning it on in a crisis. And we, we've seen uh, just the... The quality leadership from NAAA uh, and from uh, the folks in Larson Hall.
0: Yeah, as, as WAGS and I talked to uh, Coach Ivan Jasper and Coach Neumott, uh in this week's Zoom Presser, uh, I can't tell you how different the narrative sounded.
1: WAGS nailed it with these decisions are not made by coaches or ADs, they're made by medical professionals. professionals. However, we're dealing with some very alpha personalities, you know, the, the, these high vis programs with these premier coaches, those guys don't get where they are by yielding to the eggheads in the room. So that's where you see this, this volatility and, and these, and these remarks and, and, and these, these things set out of school, you know, because they're frustrated These are guys who do not accept the idea that you don't control the entire situation because if they bought into that, then that would start to be eroding the thing that got them to where they are. So I think we're going to see more of this and, and then they'll hand that off to the basketball coaches going into the basketball season. Um, it's just the nature of, of the dynamic here against this unprecedented pandemic. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. And I hope that people can just keep things in context and not say something they can't take back that will forever tarnish their legacy, which we've seen some of that already.
0: Exactly. So Wags, why don't you take us out uh, with just a little bit more of what you expect to see from the men's and women's teams. Uh, should they suit it up? Should they play the full uh, schedules and you know, pretty interesting questions for each coach about how weird it is that they're going to have to play Army four times each. Um, and then uh, in our outro, everyone will we'll, we'll kind of bring you a more detailed uh, Memphis prep as it is Thanksgiving week. We will be uh, bringing you a pod, both uh, taped and live, probably live um, Saturday before that game. So look out for that. But Wags, a little bit more about basketball before we go to our first break and talk to Cam Davis.
2: Well, I have a lot of confidence in Navy men's basketball. They have four returning starters, all of whom are quite talented, and a total of 10 returning lettermen. There's a lot of depth. Um, You know, this on surface, on paper, is a good Navy basketball team that should contend for the Patriot League championship, and uh, I hope that that happens. Uh, As far as women's basketball, I have been very, very impressed with Tim Taylor. Uh, Every conversation I've had with him, every dealing I've had with him, He's just first class and he's a great basketball coach. And uh, I think Navy is very fortunate to have Tim Taylor here. And I'm excited to see the type of program he builds. It may not be an immediate winner, although I know Coach Taylor wants that to happen. uh, But I can tell you, I think that his tenure is going to be successful just because he has uh, been
0: a high level coach his whole career. Please log on to uh, the Capital Gazette news uh, page, read Bill Wagner's prep and uh, preview of Navy men's and women's basketball. And for a little bit more detail on what we can expect from those teams, stick with us because we're going to be joined by Coach Ed Vichelis and his team, Captain Cam Davis, and then Navy women's basketball head coach, Tim Taylor, and his captain, Sophie Gutsunis. This is Sing Second Sports. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, Before we get into the guests, let me quickly remind everyone that uh, Sing Second Sports has a new sponsor. We are so happy to welcome Academy Consulting. Uh, A really special thank you to them. Um, They are owned and operated by Naval Academy grad and class of 99 member Nate Connor. Uh, Academy does big and small infrastructure work nationwide, road clearing, paving, you name it. Ah, uh, we will hear more from them in the future. We certainly hope to have Nate on, but thank you to him for the support of our efforts to bring you uh, everything in Naval Academy sports, the news, the breakdowns. So thank you to Nate and Academy Consulting. It's time for our player profile. and as basketball is right around the corner, um, we thought it good to talk to the Captain of Captains, Cam Davis. Cam, Thank you so much for joining the Sing second sports podcast. And if you can kind of share with us what you know this semester has been like for you, I assume, unlike any other,
4: I didn't think it could get any crazier from last semester going to online classes, which has never been done in the history of the Naval Academy. But this one, this one's definitely has a one up on last semester. Um, it's been, You know, one heck of a roller coaster ride, Um, you know, trying to get everything organized with the team and trying to make sure guys are still motivated, but also trying to take care of everything in the hall, going back and forth from online classes to in-person classes, hybrid models, Uh, so many different things getting thrown at us. But, uh, you know, basketball has been the one consistency that we've had, you know, at least for the guys on the team. And, you know, hopefully
0: people start to, you know, just see the light at the end of the tunnel with Christmas break coming up. Absolutely so jumping right into basketball, um, I, I don't think you know Jalen Smith uh, you know picked number 10 in the uh, most recent NBA draft could have ever said that a nuclear Swo selected naval officer to be ever guarded him or Daryl morsel for that matter or mm-hmm. any number of guys on the Maryland squad but yeah you know, that's Friday. Let's talk a little bit about Wednesday. What are you looking forward to? in GW? And, and really, are you just happy to be competing again?
4: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Just being happy to go out there and, you know, lace it up one more time with my guys, because everything's so uncertain in, you know, this COVID environment. So just taking every practice, every game, every opportunity, like it's your last um, and just really being able to kind of relish in the moment, enjoy it, and then just go out there and do what we do, which is, you know, play Navy basketball.
0: So before I turn it over to Wags, last question from me. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot about, uh, the whole person multiple from the Naval Academy admissions office. And, and a lot of people call it a talking point. I call it a data point that we are looking for, uh, the most well rounded, uh, moral, mental, physical characteristics of any um, prospective officer in the Navy and Marine Corps, uh, not only uh, do you excel in leadership, you're the captain of captains, not only are you a great athlete and a good student, as evidenced by your Nuke swo uh, service assignment, but you're also involved in FCA. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what FCA is and why it means so much to you? Fellowship of Christian
4: Athletes um, its just a community um, of followers of Christ that are you know the mission statement is to reach every player and coach um, and spread them the good news of the gospel. Um, and you know why it means so much to me is you know I I just consider myself so broken in consideration or in comparison to the holy standard that God has set before us, so and just being able to um, really you know commun- be in communion with other believers and really have just like a, a community where I can come. You know, truly be myself and really start to dive into like God's character, understand who he is. It helps me grow my relationship with him, but also helps me grow and build those relationships that are going to last a, a, you know, quite a while. And I know there's
2: a lot of Navy athletes involved with FCA and it's very commendable. It's a great program. Um, Cam, back to basketball. Um, first of all, my Navy men's basketball preview story is out today. I encourage everyone to read it, give you the in-depth skinny on what Navy's going on. But the fact of the matter is, I think Navy's got one of the best teams of the coach Ed DiCellis era. Uh, There are four returning starters. There are a total of 10 returning lettermen, a lot of experience, a lot of depth. I know coach DiCellis is very uh, confident in what this club can get done. Um, Cam, the the goal is to win a Patriot League championship. It hasn't been done at the Naval Academy for quite some time in men's basketball. Can you just talk about that goal and what it's going to take to achieve it?
4: Yeah. So our goal doesn't change year in and year out. It's always the same. We have high standards for ourselves, regardless of the standards that anybody else has for our team. Um, but yet, like, I think we're starting to get a lot more recognition around the conference because, um, we've grown so much. Um, we have a lot more maturity this year. A lot of guys got some great minutes last year, some great opportunities to really showcase what they can do. And now it's just time to put it all together. It's time to, you know, mix in the experience that, you know, me, the seniors, me, the other seniors in the second class have, um, with being able being here for a little while and then some of the spunk and the you know, excitement that the young guys have as well. Um, it's just time to mix that together. Um, and, you know, what it's going to take is we're just going to have to go out there and play Navy basketball, defend, rebound, and take care of the basketball, get a good shot every time. And ultimately um, we're just going to have to compete. Uh, we got, we got a big time schedule coming up, you know, four games in seven days starting tomorrow, you know, G-Dub, um, Maryland, Georgetown and uh, Mount St. Mary's on Saturday. Uh, it's, it's going to take, it's going to take a, take the village. And we understand that we're ready to go. We're ready to step it on. We're ready to, uh, you know, show everybody what we can do in this league.
2: Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question because uh, coach to knowing that he's got a veteran team, uh, a talented team has uh, scheduled a couple of heavyweights, uh, George Washington for what is being dubbed the veterans classic on Wednesday, the season opener, a high noon start at alumni hall. I'm looking forward to being there. Um, that's going to be a challenging opener. And then you could dive right into Maryland and Georgetown, of another upper-tier type of program. Um, can you talk about those challenges? Obviously, you know, I'm looking at you know, John Schofield and I follow Maryland basketball, and so, you know, Eric Ayala and Daryl Morcel. they got some young I mean, that's going to be a challenge for you as a guard. They got some good players, and I know Georgetown does as well. Can you just talk about these challenges and how much you're looking forward to
4: trying to see where Navy men's basketball measures up? First off, exactly what you said. It's just a great challenge, a great opportunity for our team to go out there and, you know, really show what the Patriot League can do, showcase against some high-level teams. Um, but then again, like, we can't be worried about what they do so much as, you know, according, like in comparison to what we do. Like, they got to guard us, too. They have to play against our defense as well. You know, we're one of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team in, this, in the conference. Um, so we have to go out there and really just compete, do what we do, um, and stay within ourselves because I know we'll be able to stack up against them um, once we do all the things we need to
2: and last for me i was gonna you know talk a little bit about the mental aspect because uh that's become a big deal here at the naval academy with what's going on and i'm actually about to write about it with football coach nia said he's as much psychologist as coach these days and it's even worse when large numbers of players are in isolation or quarantine and it's just they're not nobody's used to being strapped into a dorm room at bancroft hall and not allowed to leave um And it takes the captains to work with the younger guys. You got a bunch of freshmen on that team. I mean, you as a senior are battle hardened. You've been through a lot at the Naval Academy, but these poor freshmen, I mean, right into the mix, they're dealing with challenges that's never happened at the Naval Academy. What can you as a senior do to try to help the younger guys through this mentally?
4: Yeah, I mean, kind of one of the things that we say in like our, you know, our leadership our leadership department here is, you know, twenty-one and twenty-four are going to be two of the most battle-hardened classes, and they look at him he's ever seen because twenty-four came in with a, you know, a pretty rough start, and then 21's leading through this rough start for last semester and into this, you know, academic year here, so. Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie and say it's all peaches and cream, but, you know, just, just being able to do some of the little things that a lot of people don't see. Um, So whether it's randomly popping by uh, one of your younger teammates rooms, or, you know, whether it's being like, you know, just texting the group message, Hey, does anybody want to go, you know, down to the cafe and get some food real quick, or, you know, order food to the gate? Um, Just little things like that to let people know that you're thinking about them, because it can be really hard here. Sometimes, you know, you get caught up in, in the mix of school, military, and then obviously athletics, um, it's, it's very difficult to kind of see like outside of that and see who's like really in your circle. I'm mean, just making sure everybody knows that, you know, we're, we're down for the count for you, regardless of what happens on the best Buffalo, like we're here for you as people. And um, that's the most important part for us.
3: Yeah. Just a very quick one, Cam. Um, what sort of practical precautions are you guys going to take, or have you been advised to take when, when um, interacting with other teams, we've talked a little bit about it with regards to football, Um, but now moving to indoor sports, what kind of advice have you been given from the trainers, from the coaching staff? Can you share that with our audience?
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, So we've been actually kind of practicing, you know, the mask up, take your mask off, put your mask on when you go to the bench, just like kind of the rotation of what we're actually going to do whenever we get out on the floor tomorrow. Um, So we're definitely going to have our masks on during warmups, like to and from the locker room. We're going to be masked up the whole time. Can't play with those on because it's kind of a hazard to, you know, next day if somebody grabbed it, like that could, you know, cause a, pretty serious injury so um, we're going to take those off actually when we play we're not going to have one on Um, we should be good to go because everybody got tested so that shouldn't be an issue but when we go to the bench however um, we have a mask sitting on our chair so if you were on the floor you have a mask on your chair and you're going to put that mask on sit down in the timeout stand up in the timeout you know get a drink of water whatever you have to do Um, so we're taking all the necessary precautions the seats are going to get you know sprayed down every time somebody gets up comes on all that good stuff and then you know, everybody has their own water bottle. Everybody has, you know, their own Gatorade, whatever the case is. So we're not sharing cups, not sharing anything like that. So, plenty um, of precautions in place. So we should be good to go. And our team's doing a great job um, following the protocols as
0: well. So Cam, we've asked uh, a bunch of the other athletes about this, um, but I, I think we saw during the NBA bubble just how strange it can be. <laughs> Psychologically, what do you think it's going to be like playing in front of basically no one um, at Alumni Hall? Like, are you have you kind of wrapped your head around that, or are you way too X's and O's in, into GW and Maryland and the uh, and the you know competition beyond that? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't thinking about it or I haven't thought
4: about it yet. But uh, you know, I, it's definitely going to be different. But then again, like we go out there every day and we practice and we compete against each other. Um, with no fans, so it really shouldn't be any different. Like, we need to focus on who we are, and our, our coaches do – you know, that's one thing they emphasize. They, they emphasize that, like, all, the only thing that matters is what happens in between those, um, that rectangle on the floor. And, you know, everything else needs to be cut out. Um, so we're really focused on the X's and O's right now, but I think I think it'll be a little more surreal whenever we get to the gym. Um, but then again, we got to tune that out, do what we got to do um, to get a win tomorrow.
2: Thanks for joining Sing Second Sports. Really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you play this season. Um, you and I talked... Uh, uh, you know, last week in doing the preview and you had said that so many players across the board have improved, but you mentioned one player that you think could have the breakout type of season you did last year, elevating to an all Patriot league caliber player. Uh, I think it's number zero. Can you talk a little bit about him? And cause I think we all believe he's a Patriot, all Patriot league type player and he needs, he, I think he's going to show it this season.
4: John Carter jr. Has a potential, if not already, to be the best player on our team. Uh, He's been in the gym, you know, countless hours, you know, putting up shots before practice, doing whatever he's got to do to help the team. Not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. But I'm really looking forward to getting out there, playing with him, having him space the floor, and I'm ready to see what he can do because that man is special. He's very special. We knew it from day one, and I'm excited to see him break out this year.
0: Cam, thank you so much for joining us. I echo what WAG said. I know that that Ward Carroll and Chris Cervello and I are all looking forward to, to seeing you in action on Wednesday. And then, you know, particularly myself on Friday, um, I'm a lifelong Maryland Terrapins uh, basketball fan, but I think on Friday, I'm going to have a hard time doing that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say it right now. Go Navy, beat Maryland. And Cam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
4: you, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: And that was Cam Davis of the Navy basketball team. Uh, We are going to go to a short break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Cam's coach, Ed Vichelis, a return visitor to the the Sing Second Sports podcast. I think things have changed a bunch since, since the last time we talked to him, so we're going to hear his perspective on that. So stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports.
3: You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at Second. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod.
0: Hey, we're back. Uh, what a great conversation with Cam Davis. Really appreciated the time with him, and we wish him good luck um, on Wednesday. Now, coaching Cam up and getting him ready for Wednesday and Friday and all the games beyond, and hopefully there are a lot of games beyond in the COVID environment, is Coach Ed DeCellis. Uh Penn State alum, uh ardent football fan of his alma mater, despite their 0 and 5 start. Ooh. Uh the the old Maryland uh fan and me could not resist uh that. Uh, jab. But, hey, coach, getting right into the X's and O's for GW um, on Wednesday, you know, there there's some pretty, pretty decorated names on that roster with no disrespect to the rest of them. Ricky Lindo, a transfer from Maryland, Jameer Nelson Jr., which makes me feel totally old. Um, you know what? Do you, and then also, you know, uh, the coach, Jameson, is yeah, it was on the ESPN, 40 uh, coaches under 40 to keep an eye on. So kind of young team, interesting team. What are you kind of looking at as you game plan for them on Wednesday?
5: Well, John, they're a team that's uh, really vastly improved from last year. They've really improved their personnel and they've done it through the uh, the way of college basketball, the, uh, the transfer portal. They brought nine new players and three freshmen and and six transfers. Um, and the transfers are very dynamic guys. There's a kid from Vanderbilt transferred in. He started Syracuse, went to Vandy, is in. And they got a kid from LSU, who's a local kid, uh, who transferred in. Uh, they got a kid from uh, Siena, of all places, where, where, uh, co- where Coach was, Jamian, uh, who's made 94 threes last year. He's just a uh, catch-and-shoot deep guy. Uh, they got three of their top scores back from last year. So offensively, they really, really improved. Um, they got guys who can really shoot the basketball. Their, their guards are really dynamic in that regard. And they can put the ball on the floor and drive it and create for others. So uh, we uh, we went down and scrimmaged them last year. was one of our scrimmages. And, um, you know, played them pretty good after we got our feet settled. Uh, but I think they're more – dynamic this year, uh, can really score the ball, and they got more guys. They can play more guys the way he wants to play, which is press and run, make you play faster than you want to play, and then that
0: gives them more possessions offensively. Then looking forward to Maryland, which I know you don't want to do, you know, it's this is about GW on Wednesday, and then, then we'll tackle Maryland. Is it, is it exciting for, for you and, and your players, you know, two years ago – um, you know, Jalen Smith was running around the floor at Alumni Hall and now he's the number 10 pick in the NBA draft. Um, you know, do you want to see if something good comes out of COVID, do you want to see more of these local rivalries like being able to play Maryland year in and year out, Georgetown year in and year out, you know, things that just make it very, very interesting for not only fans but for the players who might have played against each other like in the Kenner Summer League or something like that. Is that something you want to kind of see continue?
5: Well, yeah, it'd be nice. It's just uh, as you know, scheduling is such a challenge that uh, it, it has to be conducive for both parties, and sometimes it's 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 just not. They have, uh, you know, the high level programs like Maryland and, and Georgetown, for instance, have uh, you know year two or three out um, contracts with other teams and other events that uh, that that can kind of. Uh, tamper that that kind of schedule. But, um, you know, we were great. It was, you know, Turge was great enough to bring his team here a couple of years ago in the vet classic. Uh, and so when he called about us coming over there, of course you got to repay the favor and it's a good game for us. And, you know, it's a 40 minute drive in the midst of a COVID pandemic. We're going to get testing over there. We got an opportunity to play two games. So uh, we're very thankful for the opportunity to be able to do that. We've tried to get Georgetown. We've tried to schedule Georgetown um, over the last several years. I've tried to get him to the vet classic. I haven't done a very good job of that, but uh, this was an opportunity again to uh, play locally, you know, make a little money on both games and help the FA department as well. Um, so we, you know, I think it's a win-win. I think our kids will be excited to play. I, Hopefully they're excited to play uh, GW first, and then we'll worry about Maryland and the other squads.
1: In this environment, you just mentioned the pandemic. Uh, have you tried to maintain some semblance of team cohesion? Um, and how's the the morale against some of these challenges, including shutting down Liberty most recently? So, wouldn't have to uh, call the semester early. Yeah. Um, h- how are you how are you working uh, with all of those factors?
5: Well, yeah, it's a great question. There's not a blueprint, right? We've never done this before. So we're kind of making it up as we go along. Uh, What I told the kids several weeks ago, War, as we got going into this thing was we we needed to be flexible. First of all, nothing is going to be the same and things change by the hour, things change by the day, and you can't dwell on what we don't have or what we were able to do in the past and we can't do it now because we're all in that boat, right? Uh, I haven't been out to dinner since February uh, 14, Valentine's Day of last February because my wife and I, we just don't go out. Um, That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it is what it is, and we can't, can't dwell on what we don't have. And so I've talked to the kids about control the controllables, control what we can control as, as a team, as a staff, how we can keep ourselves safe, how we do things here uh, practice wise, the, pro, the protocols that our trainer and our Hannah has, has given to us and our team physicians. Uh, that's important. We, we control our minds, Ward, you know, I, you know, and I, I emphasize that, uh, every day to these guys, when, when different things pop up, whether it's no liberty, all right, we got no control over no liberty. We, we have nothing to do with that. And, uh, so we have to make the, so we tried to do more shooting, some more film work, some more stuff here that we could spend some time with the guys on. Um, you know, we, we've uh, brought in extra meals, my wife's making a pasta dinner tonight to bring to the guys for an extra meal tonight before we play because, you know, quite frankly, we want them to have a high-carbo diet tonight the night before the game, and we're not going to get that in King Hall, I don't think. So, you know, we take that upon ourselves. All the other assistants have made food for our guys for after practice and so forth. So we're trying to do our end of it. What is, what is hard, as you mentioned, is that we can't be – in a room watching tape for a half hour, 45 minutes. We can't do that. We watch tape out in the middle of our practice facility out here in Halsey. It's not the same environment, but it is what it is. We can't control. You can't have a lot of one-on-one with guys other than in a gym and you're six or eight feet away sitting in you know one chair and the other guy you're talking to sitting in another chair, six or eight feet away from you. So that one-on-one contact with players is, is somewhat limited. I had Clark Kellogg on last Monday. He was nice enough to come on and do a Zoom with our team. And he was outstanding. And, and, you know, Clark talked about the same things, about being flexible, control the controllables, think about what you are thinking about. Like, we don't need negative thoughts. We You you control what you can think about. And uh, And I really believe, and I've told the guys this, I believe the teams who can handle that handle the change handle being flexible control the teams are going to be positive and teams are going to be winning will have an opportunity to win games in the Patriot League for us it's going to be completely different we would go the night before game stay in a hotel get up shoot play the game and come home now we're going to drive to wherever Bucknell on the day of the game roll in at uh you know, one thirty for a three o'clock tip, knock the bus ride off. You better knock it off, figure out how you're going to do that, eat something in the locker room, and then go play. Well, that's different from last year. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different, and that's what we have to do. So the, the teams who can adapt to that, who can be flexible, who can control their minds, in my opinion, that the teams who have a better chance to win games and have some fun.
1: So do you, based on the response to that challenge, how do you feel about your team's ability to roger up?
5: I, I think they've done a good premise? job with it. They don't have any choice. Like I'm, I'm not letting them, <laughs> as I call it, you know, no disrespect. I don't want to see any poopy face. Don't come in here with, you didn't have Liberty. You know, the food wasn't great today. Uh, you, you know, you had when you, I have a thing, when you leave the door, when you leave the locker room here, it's, it's basketball now. you got to be able to separate what happens on campus what we're trying to do in the basketball court because at the end of the day on tomorrow at noon no one cares what happened on campus no one cares about you didn't have liberty no one cares that you know your food was a little cooler because you have grab and go uh lunch and and dinner nobody cares there's a score there's a winner and there's a loser and I you know as I say to I don't want to hear about all the labor just give me the baby and we've been I think our team has done a good job I think their morale is pretty good I think they're ready to play Uh, And so that's, that's exciting for me. And I, and I'm trying to put all that, it can't put it behind us, but we're going to be put put it behind us for two hours tomorrow from noon until two o'clock. And we're going to put put it behind us every day at at practice time because we got to get stuff done. Coach D
2: has this game face on for sure. Um, Coach, let's talk about this Patriot league schedule. It's very unique. Um, They're, have divided the league into pods. There's 10 teams are divided into pods. You're in with American and Loyola, which means you're going to play each of those teams four times. Um, it's not ideal. It's the, what the Patriot League thinks is the best way to get a season completed, but I can tell you at the end of the season, as uh, people figure out who the best teams were, and I had to play Colgate four times and you didn't play them at all. I mean, what's your thought on at the end of the year? Do you feel it's going to be a fair situation?
5: Yeah, great question, Bill. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what fair. Uh, you know, some they, Colgate might play somebody else who's not very good four, six times, or eight times. I, I don't, I don't know what fair. When I was in the Big Ten, we had an unbalanced schedule, and no one, everybody thought they got the raw end of the deal because you didn't play you'd only played I think two or four teams once and you know how that worked out. No one knew other than the big 10 office. Sometimes, you know, you, you looked at and you go, darn, I'm playing, you know, Michigan state, you know, home and home. I'm playing all the top teams home and home and I only get Northwestern once at the time. Right. Um, but, I, you know, we are who we are. We're going to play who we're supposed to play, and we can only control what we control. So we got to play American four times, Army four times, which is fine, and Loyola four times. Two of those teams are Princeton-based teams. So we're going to see Loyola and American eight total times, and that's the Princeton offense. So we better, we better be pretty good at guarding the Princeton stuff. We better be pretty good at guarding that dribble app backdoor stuff, which we have over the years. Um, and then we got Bucknell twice and Lafayette twice. Uh, at the end of the year, they're going to seed these teams. They're going to seed all of us, eight of us. Two of them aren't going to make the tournament. Uh, they're going to seed eight teams and we're going to play throughout the tournament. And so we'll end up playing whoever we need to play to, um, to win the, the, the uh, conference tournament and get to the NCAA tournament. Coach, you've been
2: steadily building this program, and uh, I think this might be one of the better teams you've had. As we talked during uh, last week in doing the preview, four returning starters. I mean, Cam Davis is an all-Patriot League player. I think everyone thinks John Carter has that ability, and frankly, Greg Summers showed last season that he, too, could be of that caliber. Um, you've got depth. Can you just talk about, do you feel this is one of the better teams you've had in your 10 years at Navy? And can they win the Patriot League Championship?
5: Well, I think they can win the Patriot League Championship. Um, I thought that coming in. I think this is a this is one of the better teams because we have more depth. We, we really have a, a team that, you know, we, we play blue-gold just about every day now. And blue was supposed to be our top seven, eight guys and gold the second. Heck, the blue, the gold beats the blue regularly and, and, and vice versa. So that's good. I'm just watching tape and in the, in the gym with the staff, and, and gold handed to uh, blue a couple times, and some of the individual things that we did, which was good. So I think the first thing we have is, is depth, Bill. I think we have an outstanding player, as you mentioned, an all conference player, Cam Davis, who can make big shots. And that's important. So when the game is on line sometime, you got to have a go-to guy to get you a basket. And I think he can do that. That's important. I think we, uh, we have depth. We got guys that we can move around. I think we can score better um, out of every position. And I think we can move some guys around. So I think Cam and Carter and has the ability and Greg Summers, but I also think Yoder off the bench is pretty good. I, I think, uh, uh, some other guys off the bench on the perimeter can be pretty good. They're, they're, they're proving that now. They're gaining confidence. You know, up front, we got different guys. I think N- Njoku's an inside banger, blocks some shots, rebounds. Deaver, who played last year, has improved his body. He looks good. He's a better passer, can a better score. I can move, move Luke Lair to the five spot as well. And he can pull some guys away from the basket because he can shoot threes. I think our younger, our younger guys improved, and that's what's an exciting for me. A Pat Dorsey's improved. Jalen Wa- Walker's improved. Um, a Chris Jones has improved. A, a guy that you guys didn't see at all last year, a little point guard we had at Naps, P.J. Roach has improved. So we've got some guys off the bench that I'm going to go ahead and play because I think they've made improvements, and I think we're, we're a deeper team. You know, like every other team, you know this start this year uh, non-conference is a worry to me because we're playing you know high-level teams and I don't want us to lose our confidence so I got to do a good job with that if it doesn't go well um, but I know we'll compete early and we'll play hard and and we'll see what we can do but I think our I think uh, during the conference you know I like our team I like their spirit um, they play with good energy uh, they compete which is very, very important. And I think they like each other. Um, Sometimes you get a feel for teams like, eh, I'm not sure they're spending much time with each other. I think this team spends as much time as you can right now with each other. They like to practice. They're a a come early group and leave late group from practice. And that's a good sign. I've had some teams here that they were a late arriving crowd and an early leaving crowd. They were like out of church. They were walking out before the priest – came down the aisle and that that, that is no good. So uh, I've commented that to the team uh, several times about their willingness to hang in the gym after and shoot and shoot with each other, horse around with each other. I think that's important. So I like the overall camaraderie with this group and spirit of this group. You know, it's hard when you've done this for 39 years now and you have to practice timeouts, which we've done – the last two scrimmages. So, you know, the the seats on the uh, bench are six or seven feet apart, the individual chairs. Um, The staff is six or eight feet away from me, which is fine because they always give me all this advice anyway. Um, And, um, you know, but the players got to run over. They got to get their masks off their chairs. They got to sit in specific chairs. So their names are on each chair. Um, Timeouts are different. You got to run off you get to your chair, grab your water bottle, put your mask on, then get down to the end of the uh, baseline where we have five other chairs where they sit for a timeout. Then they leave to go back on the floor, have to run back over to their chairs, put their mask down. And then our trainer, Hannah, has to spray off the chairs that they sat in. I mean, it's like extravaganza just to get on and off the court. Um, so that's been different. And so we've had to practice that as well, how we can be the most efficient during timeouts. Um, and we really never had to do that either. So it's all coming together. We'll all, we're, we're, we're figuring out as we go along. I just I just hope we play. I just hope that we can uh, we can all play and enjoy a, a
0: game, a season of college basketball. All right, coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome perspective, particularly the, you had know, the practicing how to do timeouts piece, which, Again, hashtag 2020, you know, nothing Nothing surprises us anymore. Up is down, left is right. Um, we're practicing how to do timeouts, but uh, thank you so much for joining us um, and you know, best of luck this year. Break. So we are uh, going to transition directly into our women's basketball preview. Um, joining us from Annapolis, Maryland is uh, Sophie Gatsunas, the team captain. Uh, a returning senior on a very interesting team that has seen a, an influx of, of new players, but also a return of some old players, and also Coach Tim Taylor. Uh, you might remember Coach Taylor joined us uh, right at the very beginning of the podcast um, and you know, right at the very beginning of his time as the newly hired head coach. Uh, Sophie and Coach Thank you so much for joining us. I'm gonna kick it right over to Ward Carroll so we can get right into the nuts and bolts of what this season looks like. Ward, go
1: ahead. Yeah, thanks, John. So Sophie, Sophie, I know you selected Marine ground. My son is a Marine. My dad was a Marine. Um, so that they're all around me. Um, congratulations on that. Um, So what I can say about TBS is they are making Marines in the COVID environment, right? So I know it seems weird, here we are on Zoom and and, uh, sometimes it's not easy to stay motivated and focused. Um, So what's happening in Bancroft with respect to that pro-dev piece? Um, Are you feeling like you know what your destiny is? Is it just so weird that it's hard to even conceive of, you know, you as a second lieutenant? Um, How's that all going?
6: I mean, right now, um, in this environment, it's it's kind of just, it's definitely been a challenging uh, le- kind of leadership perspective. I've watched some of my close friends in high-level brigade positions have to navigate this. I've watched other team captains kind of have to navigate this. Um, a lot of it right now is learning how to be the example and embody, uh, especially a good attitude in this environment, and kind of, it's so easy to, to slack off and, and want to Kind of, they call it COVID fatigue, um, and kind of just want to be cynical with the rest of the brigade, especially with the underclass. But a lot of it right now is is upholding the standard and kind of using that mindset that in seven months going to be commissioned as a second lieutenant, um, and that's going to be a standard that I have to uphold to a platoon Marines. Um, so definitely just trying to formulate those habits now. Where there's there's not really any time to to kind of drop the pack and and let myself stoop down to a level that um, I necessarily might want to, uh, just because I know that there's a lot of people below me that are looking up to me.
1: Yeah, fantastic uh, outlook right there. So what's the TikTok for the balance of the semester? Um, there's no Thanksgiving leave. Is the semester over right after Army, and then we don't come back till early January? How, how's that going? What's what's the the plan there.
6: So the idea was to kind of finish up finals, um, before army Navy. So I think finals will finish up by the latest December 10th and then the army Navy game on the 13th and then the, or on the 12th. And then the idea is to have most of the brigade head home, um, on that Sunday, the 13th. And then it sounds like right now that, um, it'll be a kind of a staggered return. The brigade, um, looks like it's probably going to be between January 10th uh, through the January 15th sometime in that time period that they're going to bring the brigade back in waves.
1: So um, what's the leave picture for you as a in season varsity athlete, you guys probably practicing for the duration there. Sorry to put the pressure on you coach.
7: (laughs) We've already had these
6: conversations. (laughs) Um, I mean, a lot of it is definitely up in the air. Um, We're kind of just figuring out how the balance between playing games and um, whether there's a quarantine period in there. um, Like, obviously, anything could happen at the drop of a hat. We never know if someone's going to get sick, if our whole team's going to kind of go into quarantine. Um, Everything's just so dynamic and changing day by day. Um, But it sounds like right now we'll, we'll be hopefully playing through and then uh,
2: starting league play in early January. Roger that. Wags, over to you. Hey, Coach. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about your philosophy coming in here, um, asking why is she not part of this team when she could be helping uh, the team win. Um, she's back. And I guess my question, is, it seems as though you're taking a clean slate with everybody, that nothing that's happened in the past, matters your new coach give
7: everyone a clean slate to show what they can do would that be fair to say absolutely you know and sophie will agree to this one of the things i told him i said that i yeah, i can't control what happened before that that's not my leadership that was somebody else you know their relationship with some with the other coaches that that, that's on the other kids and you know quite honestly it comes down to can. you know this whole life is and even basketball in general, it comes down to trust. Do I trust people? Do they trust me? And I think part of that is you go to battle with each other every day and that's where trust is built. And so it's one of the things that I told everybody: about, you have a clean slate. I don't want to hear wh- how you felt about the other staff. I don't want to know what the staff felt. you can ask Jimmy, we never had a conversation about it. You know, I think, uh, you know, we told him this is a new Navy and there are going to be certain things and non negotiables that we have. And if you can deal with those non-negotiables, you'll be here. If you can't, then you won't be. So, and I think, um, they bought into what we've asked them to do, uh, for the most part. And, you know, we're just working on getting better. Sophie, uh, I'll ask you to comment because, um,
2: I, I haven't got a chance to meet coach Taylor in person, which I regret. I hope soon that we do meet in person, but I've talked to him enough to know he's a positive person by nature that that's just who he is. He's an uplifting guy. Um, uh, you know, can you talk about the atmosphere that surrounds the program? I had to notice that Colby Green posted to Twitter, uh, it's so nice to go to basketball and have fun again at basketball practice. And I don't want you to get into badmouth and what was here before, but can you just talk about what's here now?
6: Absolutely. So like Coach Taylor said, um, our kind of our whole idea is is just the idea of a new navy. Um, we're, we're rolling with what we got this year.'re um, we're, we're sticking together. And we're we're looking towards the future. We're not looking back. So definitely a positive environment. Coach Taylor, he's very energetic, very hands-on, um, but in a much positive way. Uh, in a way that that builds you up and gets you excited about the game and excited about practice and even more excited when you get to take everything that you've learned to games. So definitely this year uh, we're just we're just looking ahead. We're looking to. What we are now and what we can be, and and that's what's what matters most.
7: And Bill, she's just trying to be nice when I when I get mad at him too, you know, here and there. So,
2: <laughs> hey Tim, I was going to ask you. I mean, you came in here a lot of times. a A new coach comes in and basically takes the attitude, "I'm I'm starting to rebuild from my this moment on," and you kind of you know start doing recruiting and maybe. Have a couple year plan to where I want to be here in a few years, but you know this is Navy, where these these seniors, this is all they got. This is this is it for them. They're not going to ever play basketball again. This isn't North Carolina or Virginia, where these players are going on to the WNBA. Possibly, you got to try to give these seniors all that they can get out of this season. I, I imagine you're not looking at this as a rebuilding year.
7: No, uh, you. Anybody that knows me, and I think Sophie will will say this from the very first meeting. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm highly competitive. Um, you know, people can say, "Well, you don't have to win this." Year. Yeah, no, they don't know me very well. We're trying to win this year, um, and, and in all honesty, I, I've told the staff and I've told Sophie, and I actually I think I told the team, it everything it's everything in our power is to make sure that Sophie, Sierra, and Jasmine were going to have a tremendous senior year. You know, because this is about the kids, guys. You know, people can talk about winning and losing, but for me, it's a relationship that I. I'm going to have with Sophie for the rest of her life. And so it it, it behooves us, regardless of what system that I want to run in the future, we've got to give her and this team the best opportunity to win games. So whatever that takes, we're we're going to do. And, you know, definitely, are we recruiting? Yes, recruiting has been unbelievable at this point, you know, with commitments here and there, and my staff's done a great job. But our focus is, you know, we're trying to win Patriot League championships, and that starts this year. That doesn't start next year. It doesn't start the following year. You know, and and that's what we're trying to build. And I think we try to hold them accountable every day. And I I think Sophie can, um, you know, she can attest to that. It's not anything about rebuilding. It's about making these kids the best they can be from top to bottom. It's not just the top five, top six, top seven. You know, because in a lot of ways, COVID, you don't know who you're going to have playing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, No, guys, I'm telling you, we're trying to win now. I'll do a two-part question before I pass it back
2: to John Schofield. Um, First, for Coach Taylor, as of now, I still see just two non-conference games on the schedule. They're both road games. I have to feel you want to get a non-conference game at home. Where do you stand with schedule? I know you might not be able to tell us some things if you're in the works. but um, And then, Sophie, after Coach Taylor answers, maybe you can talk about the oddity of playing Army four times during the
7: Patriot League schedule. Yeah, we're 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 hoping to have five games, guys. You know, it hasn't been released because we will not have any home games. I will tell you that. Um, and in some ways, that's a little bit by design for me, so people can blame me a little bit on that. It was, you know, I want I want to put these kids talking about win now. We want to give them a little bit of adversity. Uh, if we're going to win in the Patriot League, we have got to learn to win on the road and the opportunities that presented themselves. Um, we're on the road, so that's what we are going to do. Hopefully, we'll have five games. We got three contracts that we're waiting to be approved, and when you're on the road, we're waiting for the other teams to announce it. So that's why it hasn't been announced. The other team announced. That's why we have William and Mary and George Mason on there. On there, but I can tell you right now, we will not have any home games. We're going on the road for um, hopefully five games um, before Christmas, and that's kind of it's kind of Coach Taylor. So maybe I want to blame anybody and point the finger at me. <laughs>
6: So having Army on the road – or not on the road, but having Army four times uh, is definitely something to look forward to. Um, playing Army is, is definitely there they're games that you get up for uh, no, matter, no matter what's on the line because it's not only a star game on the line, but it's it's pride on the line. So having that game uh, four times just is an opportunity. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, I think both teams are going to kind of throw a lot at each other because we're going to know each other very well, but at the same time, uh, each team will be putting new stuff in. So it's going to be exciting. I mean, I'm hoping to get them four times, but but I can guarantee that those four games are definitely going to be uh, close and, and definitely cutthroat. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: So Sophie, one of our recurring guests, and we hope to have her back throughout the season as we break down um, a lot of wins for the women's basketball team, we hope, uh, is Ashley Pelzik from, uh, from Massachusetts, was a very good prep player in Massachusetts. You're from Massachusetts. Have you, have you heard from alumni? Have, have former players reached out to you as the team captain to kind of give their advice, their perspective on on, yeah, uh, you know, the lessons they learned and the challenges they faced?
6: Absolutely. Uh, a lot of it this year has been kind of through social media, um, whether it just be on the Navy Women's Basketball Instagram or on my personal Instagram, um, just some, some grads uh, kind of reposting, whether it be articles or um, I've gotten a, a couple of direct messages just asking about my service selection and just saying congrats and good luck on the season um the alumni network is is fantastic uh every one of those females is is really successful and has a lot to to offer whether it be from their time at the academy or what their lives look like in the future and in the fleet so ashley pelzik is great uh, a lot of western mass pride coming from her um, she i believe she's from east long meadow which is a short 25 minutes away from me so uh we grew up in the same area and we're both pretty prideful in that but um Definitely grateful for that support. Um, it it applies just as much off the court and in the future as it does on the court. Um, so definitely great relationships to, to have and to form.
0: Well, we're looking forward, hopefully, when this pandemic ends sooner rather than later for, uh, for Ashley to come down and be able to, to 1v1 you, uh, for a little Western mass pride. Uh, we'll see how, uh, how Ashley's game is atrophied with all of her, uh, with all of her time at MIT. Coach, we were talking and this is the last question for me and I'll let Ward, uh, finish us out and take us out. We were laughing a little bit before we went on air about, yeah, the, the, the really neat social media content out there, not just for the women's team, but for all of it. the horse game, the, the meeting the team. And then really awesome uh, take on the old home improvement show with you <laughs> as Tim, the Toolman Taylor and the faceless neighbor over the fence. Yeah. Um, if, if you can kind of share with us, because I, I can't imagine any of those players know what that show is. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little bit of an age gap.
7: No, I tell you, our, our marketing department, Sports Information, that was phenomenal last night. I mean, if you watched it, they, they pieced something together that was, man, we were talking about it this morning. I mean, just from the introductions to the hype videos, you yeah, know, that, that commercial with uh, Jen, uh, you know, with the uh, McDonald's, it's like it, it brings everything back. They did a great job of tying things in. And then when they said the home improvement, it was, I was like, okay, how good can this be? And actually, it ended up being really good with Boom. Like, it was awesome. So it was fun. It was actually fun. It was fun doing it. I think our girls, you know, they really got to get out and do some photo shoots. I don't think it's happened in the past. So there was a lot of creativity that was going on. And, you know, we're really trying to drive social media content as much as we can, even to our women's basketball piece to it. We've hired some talented people uh, that uh, can get into that. But, you, you know, I said – we hire talented people. It wasn't me doing it. These <laughs> do it, but no, that was fun last night. That was actually really, really a lot of fun for you to be able to watch. So, no, just excited about excited about the crew we put together here.
1: Well, coach, we've uh, sort of developed a special, very COVID esque relationship between Sing Second and you. Right. Um, like Wag said, uh, we haven't met you in person, but we feel like we we have a stake in in your way forward. Um, We look forward to actually meeting you in person like human beings used to do. Um, And we look forward to watching the success of the season going forward and actually talking about game results on the show uh, in in future episodes. So, uh, Sophie, Coach, thanks for being on. uh, And uh, we'll be watching with great interest in the weeks to come.
7: Thank you guys so much. And thank you so much for the support that you give the Naval Academy and especially our, our young women. All right, that was uh,
0: team captain Sophie Katsunas and head coach Tim, the Toolman man, Taylor. Um, so so wonderful to talk to, to both of them and coach Decellis and Cam Davis. Uh, this has been a fantastic uh, basketball preview. And as Ward said, we really hope to bring you uh, much more detailed coverage, game breakdowns and post-game interviews uh, just to see how the season progresses and hopefully there is a full season and lots of games. Uh, We are going to go to break. And when we come back, Ward, Wags, and I will take it out. We might even do some basketball game predictions. And uh, that's it. So stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. The Sing Second Sports podcast is sponsored by Mills Fine Wine and Spirits. Owned and operated by Jerry and Jen Donahoe, class of 1994, Mills should be, can be, and hopefully will be your shopping location of choice as you try to manage a Thanksgiving during COVID. Mills will deliver as long as you have an Annapolis address, uh, which is great for you if you're looking for that sort of contactless experience. They have a great wine list. They will make mixed cases. There is a 20% discount on that. So please consider Mills. Mills Fine Wine and Spirits, a proud sponsor of Sing Second Sports. What are your Thanksgiving wine picks? Like, what what do you what are your go to the must must haves for the weekend? Uh, I'll tell you what. When I am shopping at Mills, my must haves, uh, other than other than Grey Goose, which seems to be a, a staple, but for wine, um, you know, we are huge Paradox fans, and also I would recommend a new wine that I just tried while I was in Palm Coast, uh, a wine called Trainwreck. Uh, very very good. A uh, fantastic name, um, and, and it tastes fantastic. So Paradox and Trainwreck, those are my picks. You, the former Naples resident, I know that's probably a much more sophisticated palate. What are you going to go to on Thursday? So we have
3: like a whole setup, and uh, I'm going to go over to Mills tomorrow. And uh, we like to start off with a sparkling wine that we do with our antipasto. Uh, then we'll go with a, uh, like a white wine uh, as we go with some of the lighter appetizers. Maybe a, uh, I like a white Rioja uh, or a uh, Chardonnay. Uh, may even go with like a Virginia Chardonnay just to kind of keep it local. Then we switch over to something like a lighter red, uh, like a Nero davola out of uh, Sicily. And then we finish it off over dessert with a bottle of port. Big wine drinkers at the Cervello House. We're very thankful for Mills. Wine.
0: I think I am feeling tipsy just after hearing the list. Well, I, I do know that um, that a great wine uh, out there is Early Mountain uh, Vineyards. We have we have been there together. A great recommendation. So, if ever I wanted to be around other human beings at Thanksgiving, um, you know, it would be in the Cervello household for that incredible. Uh, <laughs> delivery. Um, that's, that sounds fantastic. Well, enjoy. Um, and, and I will try to do the same. And then, uh, here's to raising a glass in each other's company on Saturday for a pretty big sports day. Cheers. Football has returned. Um, and as Bill can tell you, um, it has been about a month since the Navy men's team has played. We're hoping uh, that Memphis actually happens on Saturday night at 7 p.m. Again, Burr, uh, uh, Ward. I think uh, uh, Jimmy the Greek is also Jimmy the weatherman. And the low on Saturday is, it has a three in front of it. It starts with three. So you might be a tad chilly down there on the sidelines. But you know what? Let's get right to the nuts and bolts of it. Ward, uh, when I was talking to uh, Neamat um, in the zoom presser, I asked him about one guy, um, you know, and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Memphis has a receiver, uh, who is basically putting up numbers that are the most ridiculous I have seen in a college player in a long time. If, if anyone watched the LA chargers game on Sunday, Keenan Allen had like 16 catches for 180 yards. This guy from Memphis does that every game, including in the 49, 10, Loss that they had to Cincinnati. He was the only one who went off and the only one who got stats. That is not just the only weapon. And so Ward, as we get to Memphis, uh, what do you think plays more? Um, you know the 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 sheer athleticism of, of Memphis or the fact that Navy hasn't played in a month. I kind of think that they're going to come out ready to bust in the door and be happy to play. Do you think that's going to be the case or it's going to be a little more rust?
1: I mean, that's a great. Great question. I haven't really thought about that. What I'm thinking based on the first part of your question is I thought you were going to ask me what's going to matter more offense or defense on, on, on for Navy. And and I would say that what you just sort of laid out is going to demand that, that the defense show up, but the way we win games is we outscore the opponent. You know, it's not by stopping the opposition offense. It's by outscoring the, the team, so I, I think it it comes down to the execution of the triple option. So the question is, who's going to be the starting quarterback, and can he execute the triple option? So that's the key to a potential win. Otherwise, um, you know, we're going to be outscored by quite a bit. Wags, uh, you asked, and and
0: several journalists asked during the Zoom presser with Ivan and with. Um, and with Nehemiah about what the quarterback situation looks like uh, for uh, Navy on Saturday. We've, we've talked about Dalen. And by the way, congrats to Dalen uh, for his selection as Marine Corps Aviation uh, in this most recent service assignment. We've talked about Xavier Arline, um, you know, but also Tiger Goslin. Uh, uh, Coach Nehemiah and Coach Jasper were, you know, n- as expected, pretty cagey with uh, what the answer is. Uh, what do you think that answer is going to be on Saturday and how critical uh, you know, will that role be in trying to stop Memphis when they've got so many athletes? Well, they're not going to announce the quarterback, obviously. That's just, there's no point to give Memphis
2: a heads up, but Memphis is smart. They're going to prepare for every quarterback they've seen to date, notably Dalen Morris and Tiger Goslin, because in the most recent game against SMU, both of them played in I talked to Ryan Silverfield, the Memphis coach, and he said exactly that. They're going to be ready for both quarterbacks. They know what their styles are, what they bring to the table, what their strengths and weaknesses are. So Memphis is going to be prepared for both Dalen Morris and Tiger Gosselin. Um, And these coaches pay very close attention to all the media and all of what's put out there. So they already know that they also mentioned Xavier Arline, both coach Nia Matalolo and Ivan Jasper. So they'll probably pull up the temple, the Tulane tape, and try to get a look at Xavier Arline. Although there's not a lot of sample size there, and it's been several weeks. So I'm sure Xavier Arline has improved dramatically since the Tulane game. He's had a lot of practice time to do so. Uh, I don't know the answer. Um, I'm going to write a column later this week in which I propose a two-headed monster. And I know Chris Cervello has. Disavowed this two quarterback system doesn't work, but I think in this instance you have two quarterbacks that are so distinctly different. Uh, Dalen Morris is a talented passer and brings an element to the table that Navy has not had that often. A really good dropback passer, and we've seen fruit from that type of uh, of play calling. And then, but he can't run the option. We've seen that it's enough's enough. We don't need any more uh, tests on that. Tiger Goslin, to me, is clearly the better of the two running the triple option. And I don't see any problem with developing a package for the both of them. And you can bring Dalen in to throw the ball a little. And you can always, of course, keep the defense off balance. You bring Dalen in and don't throw. And you can bring Tiger in and throw. But I think you let them do what their strengths are. And uh, I'm going to pass it off to Chris Cervello because I know he's going to disagree. But that's what I'm advocating. Two-headed
3: monster. Yeah, you know, Bill, normally I I would disagree. I think that if that is your year-long plan, I I, I think that's very tough to execute. With three games left to go and a small chance to still make it to the the American Athletic Conference Championship, why not, right? Why not um, use every weapon that you have at your disposal? Um, And I suspect, knowing Neomont and knowing uh, IJ, I I suspect that you, you will see that over the next two games And then they'll settle on something based on what they learned from those last two games. They'll settle on something, uh, you know, that best fits army. So I I won't disagree with you. I think that's a, that's a solid plan and uh, hopefully it works. Uh, As you were talking, I was just uh, checking out the, the odds for, uh, for Saturday's game, M- much like, uh, when the game was originally scheduled, uh, Navy actually is more of an underdog. Um, two weeks ago, they were anywhere between a nine and 11 point underdog this week. They're, uh, anywhere between a 13 and a half and a 14 and a half dog. So two touchdowns, I, I think Navy is going to come to play. Um, and I think I agree with really pieces of all, all three of you, I think the fact that the defense is rested, I think the fact that they've been able to work with all three of those quarterbacks, I, I think you're going to see the best Navy game of the year um, this Saturday. Now, whether they can uh, can sustain that over the next three games, you know, who, who knows? But I think you're going to see Navy come to play. And if I was betting, which I will be, um, I'm going to take Navy in the points. Hey Jimmy the Greek, uh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw Monday that the over under is off the board. Is that correct still? I saw it on now at 64. So I just don't know if it didn't catch up. So they uh, the number I saw was 64 points. That's a, that seems a little high. Uh, Way high. But yeah, but uh, you know who, who who knows?
0: Yeah. So while Ward is on the sidelines on uh, on Saturday, he needs to keep his eyes peeled for number four in the Memphis uniform. That's Calvin Austin the third. Uh, that's the wide receiver I was referencing uh, before that's going to be a real challenge. And the, I think in this particular case, the, you know, the injuries and, and the um, you know, the transfers in the off season, Evan fockman not being there. Uh, I, I really, I'm really frightened for how this kid is going to go off. Um, but um, you know, if, if you've noticed out there, Memphis's only two losses are road games. Um, so, Ward, uh, no mids in the stands as, as far as we know right now, um, you know, for, for the Memphis game. Um, do we have a home field advantage based on the month we've had off the players coming back? And just the fact, I don't know, tell me about psychologically how the seniors feel Now that they know their service assignments and their future is
1: a little clearer. You crammed a lot into that. So let's just talk about the fact that there may not be mids in the stands. So I I think that they mattered in the Temple game and didn't matter as we analyzed with the Houston game, right? So I think their energy went south quickly. Uh, So I I think we characterized their presence as a non-factor in the Houston game go back to BYU. The absence of a brigade altogether did matter on the margins. So I think we're back to, to that, right? So I think WAGS has reported there will be minimal presence, maybe a couple of hundred mids in the brigade or in the stands. So maybe they can generate some enthusiasm. Remember last year, the, the highlight of the season was the Memphis game that we won. Um, so if we can conjure that up, You never know with these Navy teams, right? Every time we count them out, they show up and they dig deep and they deliver. So let's not count them out in spite of how it looks on paper. I think Chris is correct. This could be the game of the season. Um, So and just for the record, I will not be paying attention to anything other than the direction of the side judge. So just for the record, AAC, if you're listening.
0: Nice. Before we get too far, number one, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, um, you know, our typical Navy preview pod for Memphis in more detail will will come to you probably Saturday um, with uh, our intrepid producer and myself and if Warden Wags are around, great as well. So my prediction is that it will be high scoring. Um, I, I agree that that we will play our best game of the year. It'll be a barn burner. And I am. Uh, looking at thirty-five, thirty-three 33 uh, over, and Navy covering. Um, Wags, any prediction there? I have to agree with a lot of what I think all of you said. I think Navy's
2: going to come to play because they've been off for three weeks. They are itching to play a football game. I think they're ready to bring it. They're healthy. Uh, they had a lot of time to prepare. So I do expect to see... You know, there may be a little rust early, but I do expect Navy to, to give a good effort. I am concerned this, this is a very potent Memphis offense. I think they're ranked 10th nationally in total offense. And we haven't mentioned quarterback Brady White, who's one of the best in the American Athletic Conference and probably a pro prospect. In fact, I, Memphis coach Ryan Silverfield said that Brady White had to make a decision as to whether to turn pro. Uh, last season, after last season, so clearly he's an NFL prospect. You got him and Calvin Austin, and you know I don't. Not many programs in the American Athletic Conference have put more offensive skill position players into the pros than Memphis. You got Tony Pollard at with the Cowboys. You got Antonio Gibson playing for the Redskins, and I could go on and on. But they have been producing great skill talent, and as John mentioned, this. Uh, Calvin Austin III, who's a, a dual sport athlete. He's a track star. He was actually a walk-on for football because he was recruited as a scholarship track athlete. He's a burner. Um, I'm concerned about the offense and I, I'm kind of agreeing with Ward in that you got to outscore this team. I think if you want to win, it's going to be uh, at least 35-31 or maybe even 38-35 or 42-35 or whatever. And I have not seen a Navy offense that is capable of generating that amount of points. Now, maybe there's a uh, suddenly a brand-new Navy offense appears for this game. I certainly hope so. Um, I do think it'll be high-scoring either way, but I don't think Navy's going to quite measure up. I'm going to have to take Memphis 35-28 in this one. Um, so that that's, that's how I see it. I'm sorry to be such a downer, but that, that's the way I see it.
0: No, that's that's probably the most uh, informed opinion here. And as you were mentioning the Memphis pros, as a Denver Bronco fan, I'd like to tell Paxton Lynch, thanks for nothing. Um, all right, so as we've said, um, big week for Navy sports, okay? Men's and women's basketball are back. Uh, watch out for Navy men's basketball on Wednesday. And then Wags and I have our worlds collide on Friday as Navy plays uh, Maryland, um, you know, as a lifelong Maryland Terrapins fan, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, so good luck to coach Tim Taylor in his, uh, first game as the head coach of the women's team. Good luck to Ed and the men's team, uh, as they get their season started. And as always, uh, good luck to, um, to the football team on Saturday, For the Mids, congratulations on your service assignments. It's a great, it's a great momentous event. And from all of us at Sing Second Sports, we wish you the very happiest of Thanksgivings. Please be good to each other. Please wear a mask and please subscribe, like, listen and recommend our podcast. Uh, For Chris Cervello and Ward Carroll and our special guest, Bill Wagner, I am John Schofield. We will see you next time.